Understanding has been darkened because of decisions that we've made, because of ways we've learned to live, because of lies that we believe, even lies we know that they're lies, but we still are walking them out every single day. And that clouds our vision. It's not a clear prescription or lens through which to see the world, but the spirit of the living God is that perfect lens through which we truly see what's going on. It's always a little surprising, even when you're expecting it. When you come inside after being in the bright sun and everything seems so dark and it's hard to see. Well, today, Pastor Daniel invites you to consider how your spiritual vision is affected by the lies that you believe about yourself and the Lord. He maintains that as you grow in your trust of who God is and what he says, your ability to see God clearly will flourish as well. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 1 as he continues his message, The Light Gives Light. The idea of the ceremonial cleansing was very common and deep in Judaism, but John not doing it within the the borders of the temple, being out at the Jordan River, inviting people to repent and turn to God because God was doing something. This was the first time this had happened in many generations. And John, the apostle, who is not John the Baptist, I want to make sure I said that because I know some people are like, the same guy, different guy. No, no. John the Baptist didn't write anything. John the apostle is the author, I mean, the Spirit is the the author, but John is the human author of this. John, the apostle, tells us that John the Baptist was a man sent from God. And his function, it says, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Now, what's great is John the Baptist functions as an amazing example for us because you and I, we need to bear witness to Jesus. You and I do, just like John. John's job was to be a witness. Now, if you think about a witness, a witness is somebody who declares what they've seen, right? Like if you get called as a witness in a court of law, you will be asked questions about what it is that you saw or what it is that you understand, right? And it says that John... He came for a witness. Now, in the Greek language, the word witness is the same word that we get the word martyr from. Now, think about that for a second, because a martyr is somebody who has given up their life for their faith in Jesus. It's the ultimate form of witness. I mean, one of the greatest proofs of the veracity of the life of Jesus is the fact that all the apostles ended up giving up their life for this. So I love when I meet someone and say, oh, all the apostles just sat down one day and they decided, hey, we're going to invent a religion. You know, and you're like, oh, really? Is that what they did? Oh, yeah. He's like, they're going to make a lot of money doing that because religions are make lots of money. I'm like, really? So how do you think it went for them? Oh, man, I mean, Christianity is the biggest religion in the world. Those guys were loaded. 
I'm like, actually, no, those, all those guys got killed for believing that stuff. And they weren't loaded. They were poor. They were so poor that they needed the Apostle Paul to make collections from the Gentile world because they were starving in Jerusalem. And they all got killed. And none of them got killed in like a humane way. Like they ate so many Twinkies that they had a happy heart attack. (laughs) Like these guys got brutalized in the most barbaric fashion. So I'm like, so any idea that these guys were like starting a religion in a conference room trying to make money, that's nuts. And I'm like, and don't miss the fact, if you actually read history... That the early church was literally persecuted first by the Jewish people within Israel and then by the Roman Empire systematically for almost 300 years. So the the early church was formed in the crucible of intense persecution against their faith. So before we get these ideas about like, oh yeah, these guys were just like coming up with this stuff. No, these guys gave up their lives for this stuff. And John the Baptist, he was a martyr too. Because he ended up getting arrested by Herod because of what he was doing. And Herod and his wife, who was his brother's wife, John the Baptist spoke out against it and was imprisoned and ultimately was beheaded. Now, it's one thing to die for something and it's another thing to die for a lie and if you ever doubt the reality of the fact that Jesus is real you have to look at the testimony of the people who were there because they would not recant of those beliefs because they saw it they knew what they knew it wasn't misguided uncivilized silliness this were men and women who saw Jesus and saw what he did and they were absolutely convinced that Jesus was real and they were willing to give up everything for it so this idea of the martyr being the witness the ultimate example of being a witness and you and I are doing the same thing where We, our job is to declare what we see and what we know. Notice that at the end of verse 7, that all through him might believe. So what this means is that all of us, brothers and sisters, every single one of us, we exist filled with the Spirit, if you are born again, to be somebody who declares what you see and know that others might believe upon Jesus. That's not just for like some pastors or some evangelists. That's for all of us. That's why Jesus said, it's good that I go away. Because then the Spirit of God will come upon you. Why? Because wherever Jesus was, there was one point of contact for the kingdom. And when Jesus died and rose again, and the Spirit of God was poured out on the early church, now that there wasn't one, there was an infinite number. See, God wants you to be a point of contact for the kingdom of God to touch into this world. God wants that for me. He wants that for all of us. That our lives might be lived in such a way that we're like, my main goal in this life is to bear witness to Jesus. To point people to the Savior that they might believe and in Him they might have life. 
Now, verse 8 is important. I think this is why Christianity has fallen upon hard times in 21st century Western culture. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. See, John wasn't the light. Jesus was the light. John's job is to bear witness to the light. And this is where the rub, because in our world, everyone says, I want to be the light. Notice me. So you post a picture on Instagram. You just check, check. Did someone like it? Did they like it? Did they like it? Did you see it? Do all my girlfriends say, you're so cute. You're so cute. Right? You know, and we live in a culture. It's like, notice me, notice me. And then the gospel, the good news of Jesus says, no, live so they notice him. And right there, my friends, people start saying, well, I want to be noticed. What am I? Chopped liver? What am I? Listen, we're all supposed to bear witness to the light. Because no one's going to find life in me. No one's going to find life in you. They find life in the light who gives life to all coming into the world. And that's Jesus. And our job is to connect people to the life giver. And this is why it's hard. This is why Christianity is not popular in this culture. It's much more popular to say in this culture, you are a light. You are amazing. You do your thing. And everyone's going to notice you. And you're going to become internet famous. And you're going to write, get a book or something. But no, our job is to bear witness of the light. Just like in creation, the moon bears witness to the sun. You realize that there was no sun in the solar system. That moon is not even noticed. But because the sun shines, you know that the moon is there. And that's who we're created to be. Just like John. Are you willing to allow people to notice Jesus instead of you? Are you willing to say, Lord, I am going to live distinctly in the present so that I can have your preferred future? Am I willing to say, I'm not the light, but he's the light. See, it takes humility to say that. And our culture doesn't really like humility all that much. But it is a precious gift in the kingdom. It is the characteristic of the kingdom of God. John the Baptist said it this way. John chapter 3, verses 28 to 30. He said, you yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He, speaking of Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. That's what it means to bear witness. He's saying, look, I am not The bridegroom. I am not the husband. The person who's the husband, they get the bride. I'm just the friend of the bridegroom. And when the bridegroom shows up as the best man, I am stoked. So he says, so I must decrease and he must increase. What I want you to do is I want all of you to take your 
pen, I want you to circle that verse, John chapter 3, verse 30. So if you're still in John 1, just turn over one page. He must increase and I must decrease. If you get that right, your whole Christian life will be revolutionized. Your life in Christ will be radically changed. That simple prayer, even if you just pray it numerous times every day, Lord, that you might increase and I might decrease. That, Lord, I might bear witness with my life, with my speech, with who I am, that I might declare to the world, he's the light. Jesus is the light. Now, from there, it says back in John 1, verse 9, That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Now remember I told you that I called this message the light that gives light. I get that right from verse 9. Speaking of Jesus That was the true life which gives light to every man coming into the world. So Jesus is the light and he gives light. Now, what's interesting here is, and I want to make sure you all hear this because you read that and people get some really funky theology going on. The best way to understand God's word is to understand it in the context of the whole book. So God didn't just give us like one verse. He gave us a whole book. So when you read that, he is the true light that gives light to all men coming into the world or all people coming into the world. You realize that if you just take that at face value, what does that actually mean? And some people say, oh, well, what it means is that there is such a thing as universal salvation because he's the light and he gives light to everyone coming into the world. Or even something like general revelation that everyone's been given a general revelation. Or, some people believe, this is a verse that points us to everybody having some sort of inner illumination. But the thing is, is one verse in the Bible can't tell you everything. If it could, we'd only have one verse in the Bible. Okay? So what this verse means is not that everyone's going to be saved because Jesus is the true light and he gives light to every person. It means that the potential of every single person coming to know Jesus is absolutely the way that it goes but the reason not everybody receives the light is not because of God's fault it's because of the ignorance that comes in us because of our rebellion and sin now isn't that a fun thing to hear from me right now now you got to realize I'm in the same boat the single biggest issue I have in my life is me the single biggest issue you have in your life it's you All of us, our understanding has been darkened because of decisions that we've made, because of ways we've learned to live, because of lies that we believe, even lies we know that they're lies, but we still are walking them out every single day. And that clouds our vision. It's not a clear prescription or lens through which to see the world. But the spirit of the living God is that perfect lens through which we truly see what's going on. So, in the finished work of Jesus, there is enough potential to save every living soul who's ever lived as long as humanity exists. But the reason it isn't the case is because of the blindness that comes from sinfulness, rebellion. And what's amazing is, if you read any book on self-help on how to grow, 
They'll say the exact same thing, except they won't use the biblical language. If you go to, if you ever go to see a therapist, they're going to talk to you about lies that you believe. They're going to talk to you about the things that you do and think that aren't real. They won't use the biblical language, but everyone realizes that growth happens when we understand things differently and we see things more clearly. Obviously, a therapist, unless they're pointing you to Jesus, can't get you what we're talking about here. The true light that comes into the world, that gives light and life and freedom. So once we move from there, then we get something very strange. Look at verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. So what this means is that the word who came, who John comes to bear witness to the light, that that light, when he came, was not received by people. That the, he created everything, and in them they lived and moved and had their being, but they rejected him. Now, this is what I want to say to all of you. Listen, this is going to make your life a lot easier. Expect rejection. Expect rejection. Now, why do I say that? Because one of the greatest areas of pain that all of us have in our lives is when people reject us. Right? Like you bend over backwards, try and be nice, and they're just really mean to you, or they, they don't get who you are, or you get passed over for something. And for so many of us, it breaks our heart because we just want to be loved. We just want to be embraced. But if they rejected Jesus who created them, who sustains them, he came to his own, his own did not receive him. If they rejected Jesus, and he did nothing wrong, how much more are we going to be rejected? Because we all do lots of stuff wrong. See, what it does, when you have an awareness that you can expect rejection from people, that when it happens, you'll be like, well, that's how life works. Because you got to realize, no matter how hard you try, everyone's never going to like you. Because if you do one thing and one person likes you, there's like the same number of people who will hate you for the same thing. If you don't believe me, just put on your Facebook page who you voted for. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're always talking about politics and the only people on your page are people who voted for the same person because they all unfriended you. Right? So it's like, you have to expect that some people are going to reject you. And then listen, I'm all Italian, so it's like I'm very passionate, emotional kind of a person, you know? And, and all I've ever wanted, like everyone else, is to be loved. And I remember growing up, and then when you go into ministry, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, like, everyone doesn't love me. You know what I mean? And like, and then my grandma, I can't imagine anyone not liking you. You're like an angel. And so I love my grandma, you know? But then you start to deal with yourself. So, so like, how do I deal with that rejection? So what a lot of us do when we get rejected is like, well, if you don't love me, well, I don't love you either. And I never loved you, you know? And what you do, isn't it true? This is human nature. And so what, what we do is we, we develop a hardness of heart. We're rejected, but instead of loving them and being okay with the fact that not everyone's going to love me, we just get real nasty. And you realize that that's not who Jesus was, even though he wasn't rejected. He was rejected. Jesus was rejected and he knew he would be still, but he still went to the cross and he still died for the sins of the world. 
on that cross, he said, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. I mean, Jesus is being unjustly condemned to death and he's praying for the people who did it. See, Jesus was able to be rejected and yet still extend grace and mercy and compassion. And I think that's what God wants to teach us because everyone is not going to like you no matter what you do. You're all like, there's something, if you want everyone to like you, do nothing, be nothing and say nothing. That's the only way. Just like put your head down home. No, but if you actually stand for anything, there is going to be rejection that happens. So the key is, is to say, Jesus, they rejected you, but yet you love them still. So Lord, teach me how to bear rejection, but love still just the way you would. And my friends, you know what that does? That completely frees you up. Because either way, your job is exactly the same as to what? To love people. And it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they say. You proactively love people. And if they reject you, you're like, well, they rejected Jesus too. So, if, I mean, if I got a better non-rejection average than Jesus, then maybe I'm not really following him. And it's okay. Because for many of us, the God that we really follow is just being accepted and loved by everybody. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, if that's you, that's a brutal taskmaster. Because people are as fickle as the day is long. You, can, you know, it's like one day you're like, you're doing like yeah, that's amazing. They're like, why'd you do it that way? It's like, well, I did the exact same thing. So you should expect rejection. Jesus was rejected. I mean, he was in the world and the world was made through him. That's a, a, a reference to verse three of John one, right? And the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own didn't receive him. The very people he made rejected him. So you have, what's interesting is you have, and don't miss this, you have Jesus. Now we have Jesus being rejected. And look at verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, as it relates to Jesus, you have those who rejected him, even though he made them. Even though he died on a cross for them. And then, it has four... As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. My friends, receiving Jesus puts you in the family. Receiving Jesus puts you in the family. It's Jesus and then it's every person making one of two decisions. I either reject him or I receive him. Jesus is Just as it's hard to see clearly through a dirty window, today, Pastor Daniel shared that decisions you've made, lies you've believed, can cloud your ability to see the light of Jesus. As you discover and cling to the truth of God's Word and who He is, your vision will be restored, and you'll live in light and freedom. Pastor Daniel reminded you that you have the privilege of being a witness of God's love to the world around you and encouraged you to press on in sharing his light with others. 
If you've enjoyed Pastor Daniel's teaching today on Jesus is Real Radio, we'd like to invite you to join us at Crossroads Community Church for our Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you can't come in person, you can still be part of our vital congregation by tuning in to our live stream. Find out more at crossroadschurch.net. That's crossroadschurch.net. Hi, friends. Pastor Daniel here. I'd love for you to be part of the Crossroads Community Church family, but I understand some of our listeners can't make it to the actual church building. If that's you, come join us online. We live stream our Sunday morning services at crossroadschurch.net. So grab a cup of coffee and join us wherever you are for our time of worship and teaching. Today's message wrapped up Pastor Daniel's series, Reset, A New Birth, A Fresh Start. Throughout this series, Pastor Daniel challenged you to reboot your spiritual life as you studied the person of Jesus and how to respond to the truth of who he is. As you grow in your knowledge of Jesus, he will transform your life and use you to share his great love with those around you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.